Hello, I'm Stuart Chittenden, and this is Lives, a show about conversation, community, and the people that bring community to life. Today's a special New Year show, talking about resolutions, personal growth, and some stories about intention setting. I am joined by a co-host and former show guest, life and business coach, Mandy Kubicek. Our guests in conversation today are Pam Haggie, Annie Thompson, Katie Twitt, and Joe Finelli. Mandy and I began the conversation asking Pam Haggie about her passion to help others achieve their goals related to decluttering and connecting through a shared space and not through stuff. Well, first off, Happy New Year, everyone. I am Pam Haggie, and I work for a company called Harbinger Partners. You know, really, probably a a big part of mine when I think of New Year's resolutions, not only my own resolution, but to encourage folks to kind of declutter, you know, kind of really reconnect. And, you know, sometimes the whole idea of these storage containers that are all over the place drive me a little crazy because that just means that people are literally paying to hold on to stuff so tightly. And then they never, you know, it's like, where does it stop? And I've helped people with rearranging their homes. Just again, it was, it's been more of a side hobby, but I've definitely seen families transform from rethinking their spaces. And then instead of them being like a museum from the standpoint, like it might be a living room that they never utilize because it's got pretty furniture in it to really a space that they can play games or they can gather with their family or they can read a book. So I feel like if people could figure out and know that decluttering really isn't that complicated. Um, It needs to be simplified. So tell me more about your goals for 2020. I want to have some friends gather and learn about organization because the best way to get spaces cleaned up is to have a party. So this organization group club, if you will, can rotate the spaces that they're at and it just will help people stay on track with truly focusing on whatever area in their home that they want to focus on. I want to encourage people to not think so much of things, but to more think of how can they spend more time with their family and friends. And I think sometimes when we get overwhelmed with the way our homes get, you know, when you think of cleaning, we're working all day and then we think of, I need to get cleaning done and I need to get all these things done. Once the home's organized, it's so much easier to keep clean and it's so much easier to think of planting some plants with your kids or your grandkids or going for walks or going for hikes or going on adventures, other things that are um, togetherness versus just about material things. Yeah, I love that. What I think is kind of surprising about that is that it feels to me most people's resolutions or intention setting are incredibly self-centered and um, self-focused, which which is not necessarily a bad thing. But I'm really thrilled to hear that your focus around intention setting is outward. It's about uh, how we engage with people, the world, uh, make a little more meaning yeah. out of our lives instead of um, making meaning out of stuff. Yeah. And if I'm being completely transparent, I've had those resolutions that are more completely self-serving. And 
they just didn't work. <laughs> there wasn't the accountability. And I do find that if I do something intentionally to help others, it does hold me accountable for the things I want to accomplish myself. Are you intentional about um, either your own goal setting for the year or how you encourage other people to think about um, what is manageable for them? Actually, I am more intentional now, probably not in every area that I need to be, but that's part of the whole, when you have a uh, new goals that you can set, a new year that starts out, you can look back at what went really well in 2019, what do I want to duplicate, and what didn't go so great that I'd like to have a better focus of, and then be very intentional about incorporating some either deadlines or some form of accountability or some kind of measurement that will hold you to keeping that that goal. You've talked a little bit about the power of making shifts in your home so that it's a place where you can really connect with your family. Yeah. And I know you have some interesting stories of how you've helped other people do this in their home. Yeah. I wonder if you would share one of those stories. And one of my favorites, because it was so impactful, um, I, I hadn't even recognized how impactful this could potentially be. There was a couple that was referred to me, so I'd never met them. And I go to their home, and it was this cute two-story house with a two-car garage. And I, I walk in, and the husband and wife greet me. And they wanted help with their family room. And the wife was very clear that no one uses the family room except for the husband. And I could do anything I wanted. I could get rid of furniture. I, they could buy new furniture. Whatever I suggested, that's what they wanted to do. And so I, we go to the family room. And it was pretty clear to me that the arrangement of the furniture... Um, they were putting a big emphasis on how he needed to keep the recliner. And I could tell based on the placement of that recliner, the only purpose and use of that recliner was for a nap occasionally because in front of the recliner was a love seat couch. So, that, so that's what it looked at. And so just the way the arrangement you could tell was not functional. The impactful part was when I asked to see the rest of the house and how they utilized the home. We went to the kitchen. It was super cute. You could tell it was a gathering space. But then when we went to the dining room, it was literally the table was set with these pretty little place settings. So it was very pretty, but you could tell not used at all, just dusted occasionally, probably. And then we go to the living room and the, the wife said, I just love this room. It, I think it's so pretty. And I said, it is. It's very pretty. Do you ever come in here? And she said, no, and I could tell they don't go in there because it was intricate wood-carved furniture that was probably handed down through the generations. I ended up asking her where she spent her time. She had to reflect, and she said, well, I guess in the kitchen and in our bedroom. And then I said, did you say you have children? And she said, yes. And I said, where do they spend their time? And she paused and almost looked startled because I don't know that she thought about that. And clearly they love their children, but she said they are in the kitchen or in their bedrooms. And then my next question was, do they ever have friends over? Kind of knew the answer because there was no place in that home that was a gathering spot for friends and games and, and getting together. And she actually said, no, not really. So I helped them rearrange the family room. It was pretty simple little, let's just take care of this today kind of thing. And just really made it a more functional space. And then on this big coffee table that they had in that room, I suggested they put a puzzle out and, you know, with all the pieces and you'll just be shocked how you can't not putz with that puzzle. 
And I got this testimonial afterwards from her. I didn't even ask for one. It was this unsolicited testimonial where she said, Pam, after you were here, not only did I start using the family room, but my daughter started using the family room and she had friends over. Mm -hmm. That is what I want to help Mm -hmm. people with. That's not the new stuff, not the buying a bunch of new stuff. Just Mm -hmm. use your space and with your family. Yes, that is so brilliant. And I can just see the way your face lights up when you talk about this. So this year, it seems like you've really nailed it and you have set an intention for yourself that lights you up. Yeah. Have you been able to do that much in your life? Is this a new thing for you? I think in different ways. This particular one, like I've, through the years, like I've helped people like, you know, with their spaces for over 20 years on off and on a little hobby thing, but I really am more intentional now. I see the impact and I think this whole world, I work by day in the technology world. And so I help connect technical folks with opportunities. Well, when we think of our own use of technology and we think of social media and we think how much we're on our phones and just the whole technical side of things makes me step back and go, how can I help people reconnect? How can they unplug and connect with each other? Whether it's in their space within the home that they live in or just getting out more and having new adventures. I do like this little thing. If there was anything in 2019 you did not like, write it down on a piece of paper and throw that bad boy in the fire and then it's gone. You know, so mentally, if there was something that really hung with you, it could have been a bad relationship. It could have been whatever it is. Write that down as a family, even if there's something and then set those new goals for that new year. At this point, Annie Thompson and Joe Finelli joined in the conversation, and here they are introducing themselves. Annie Thompson, um, I have a business called Healing Spirit where I do hypnotherapy and a process called Psyche K that helps to change a limited belief into an unlimited belief in the plans that I want to manifest. The bigger picture perspective, if I was to put it in a nutshell, is I, re- I am so passionate about helping people to become who they really are meant to be and to um, connect with the earth, to connect with others, and to truly express themselves and become a part of that natural web that we all are a part of. And I'm Joe Finelli. I'm a finance professional here in Omaha. And part of my involvement around town is helping other business owners uh, do a better job with what they're doing. I help run a group every other Tuesday night called Smart Business Success Network of Omaha. We bring in speakers to talk about all sorts of different business topics. And so I'm very passionate about helping other people do better with what they've got with what they're doing. And a uh, little bit of background on myself. I'm originally from Minnesota. I grew up in the Twin Cities area. 
uh, made my way here at the behest of my lovely wife, Amanda, and have uh, come uh, fall in love with the Omaha area and the welcoming and friendly environment. Joe queried why it is that we are so focused on this one time of the year to think about making resolutions or setting goals. There, there's, there seems to be a little bit of, uh, you can, you know, wash away the, the previous year. There's a, there's a line in the sand there that, uh, that is somehow impactful when it comes to thinking about our lives, even though one day is really, truly no different than the other, other than where it falls on the calendar. And this year is extra special because we close a decade. So what about you, Joe? Are you a New Year's resolution kind of guy? I always have done, uh, you know, one or two. It's never been a big effort. I don't take a ton of time to sit down and and come up with a whole bunch of New Year's resolutions necessarily. But I am a big goal-setting guy in general. And so I, I was curious about... Uh, what is it about New Year's that makes people sit down and do this versus other times of the year? Uh, and I even find myself doing this where uh, throughout the year I'm thinking of, uh, I'd like to do this. Well, I'll make that, in, you know, it's in May or February. Well, I'll do that. That'll be my New Year's resolution. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good, Joe. Why don't we just start doing it now? <laughs> I think that speaks to why it can become such a commercialized thing, like you were suggesting, because it's like we're something we're supposed to do, but why at that time? And are we really motivated at that time? Is this something that's, that's important or is this just something we're saying just to say it, cause just to jump on the bandwagon? I don't even like the word resolution because to me, it's just, it's about intention. And I've been spending a lot of time, a lot of increasing my awareness about how I um, set intention. You mentioned intention too, and how important that is. And I think it, you know, when, when I look at, uh, I don't set New Year's resolutions. I don't know that I ever have, but this year it just so happens that I'm, um, I've been really working on decluttering my house, decluttering my life, getting things in order because I have so many plans that are exciting for me and so many big ideas, but I can't quite gather my energy to put those into practice until I declutter because I spend so much time. Like you kind of alluded to, Pam, about when you've got so much stuff around you that um, correlates with what kind of is going on in your in your mind too about trying to keep up and so I'm trying to kind of pull in my energy and be more organized and intentional and it's really exciting to me that this um, this happens to be the new year right now because I've decided okay I'm going to declutter my house by the new year and the deadline is so helpful so the, there's this element of looking forward but also we've talked about this idea of looking back and reflecting, perhaps reconciling, coming to terms with. Um, and so how important is that to each of you, this idea of dealing with the past year as well as thinking forward? Well, actually, that's funny you ask because that's precisely what I do in my work is help people to make peace with their past because um, what we hold in our subconscious and our unconscious is so powerful and how it affects our behavior. So when we go and make peace with those things, the resistance is gone and we can become more of who we're really truly meant to be. So there is one of the things that's really important to me when it comes to goal setting. Um, and I like also like to just use the word intention really um, to set an intention is to not have any shame involved with it. 
So rather to truly accept where you are at that moment and learn about, you know, why is it that I do that? Because once you become aware, as Pam alluded to, I actually use that burning um, technique a lot. So to write down the things that you want to be done with. But I think also uh, on the flip side of that is what do you want to put in place of that? Because in order to overcome any addiction, you can't just talk about what I'm not going to do anymore. You got to talk about what I am going to do. So what I do sometimes is write down a list of the feelings that come up and the things that I'm doing in my life or receiving in my life because of this, like for instance, recently was um, releasing guilt. And so how does, how does the guilt that I hold affect how I relate to others, how I spend time, um, how I spend my energy, how I spend my time, how I feel. And then on the flip side, what would I rather feel? How would it, what would it be like if I didn't feel that. If I had freedom from guilt, what would that be like? And write down all of those words. And that's exciting because those feel really fantastic. Shame has no place there. With this focus on when we make a deliberate choice to reflect and plan, I asked Katie Twitt to introduce herself and share when she and her family take time to be intentionally present and to consider their lives. Yes, I'm Katie Twitt. At this point in my life, I'm first and foremost a mother. I have three sons and I lead women's groups. Uh, I facilitate women's circles and I teach yoga and mindfulness. Interestingly, tomorrow we celebrate the solstice at our house like Pam was saying about um, unplugging and spending family time together. When the light or when the sun sets on the solstice, we don't use any electricity at our house. And we all gather in the family room and light a fire. We talk about the last year, about our rose and our bud and our thorn, the, the thing that stuck out that was so great. And the thing that we wish that we wouldn't have experienced or was a total painful experience and then the bud is, is kind of the intention. We do this nightly with my 10-year-old. But um, for the new year, look back at the year, and then the bud is the intention for the coming year. It's more than a date on the calendar with the solstice because we're following the light of the sun, and it's the shortest day of the year. And so the new year feels like it starts the next day, you know, as the sun lengthens and it's shining yeah. And I wonder if related to that, if there is something that is, if there's something that is important or significant about the turn of the calendar, because the calendar is based on, it's not random. You know, there's maybe something that we could know or understand about the stars or astrology or the movement of the sun, the planet, something that signifies that this is a starting point of something. And so then there's that energy, kind of like the solstice, if that's if there's something at January 1st or if it's really more about the solstice. I'm wondering if January 1st, you know, about a week out or, you know, 10 days out is when it starts being noticeably brighter. I think for me, goal setting is rearranging your activities to align with what you feel are the most important priorities in your life. I think a lot of New Year's resolutions don't accurately reflect people's priorities in life. And that's probably one reason that Absolutely. they aren't achieved. How does that look in your life, Joe? What's, what's most important in your life? And are you setting goals around those things? So, yes, I am setting goals around that. I started last year 
So I've got two small children. Uh, one is going to be one years old here at the end of December, and one is going to be five in in March. And so it is incredibly important to me to spend time at home with my family. It was incredibly important to spend time with uh, with my wife, <laughs> Amanda, before that. Uh, anyways, but one of the things that I realized that I was doing a few years ago was making my day job or uh, the other involvements that I have around town more of a priority time-wise than my family. And so I set a number of goals last year. I didn't achieve nearly enough of them, uh, but a number of goals last year around family, whether that was, and this may sound silly uh, to have to do, but, you know, uh, I want to have one date with my wife a month. Uh, I think another one was uh, want to uh, have one day a month where we go off as a family and go do something fun and new, whether just go to the zoo or, or whatever. And having the intention around spending that time when you've got so many things going on in your life and life gets so busy on a daily basis, it is really important to have the goal, have the mindset that you're going to, to do this. Otherwise, it's just not going to get done. That for me has been a priority that wasn't addressed previously, that it was really important for me to set a goal around just spending my time where it needed to be spent. I think was what was really interesting that you said is you confessed that it might sound silly. Tell me more about that. Why why would that be silly for you to set these goals? Well, that that one in in particular is like, well, yeah, of course you you want to uh, go for a for a date with your uh, your wife and I guess where I was going there was more just that the time that it uh that you need to spend won't happen. Uh, unless you make a goal and you plan for it and, and, and you do all these things. And that's true of anything, I think, in life. You know, it seems like a, a no-brainer, but when all these other priorities start showing up in your life, it's easy to let things go. And so I think you do need to, even though it seems silly, make goals for the basic uh, uh, things in life still and keep yourself accountable to those. I wonder how much of us carry a little bit of shame that we're not just doing what seemed to be the basics, having a date night with our wives, for example. It seems like a no-brainer, as you say. But to say it out loud and to acknowledge it, I think, is empowering. Mm -hmm. uh, in a way, it sort of neuters this idea that it should be shameful that we're not doing that. We're not living up to the, the perfect husband or father or whatever it happens to be. It reminds me of a goal I set, not at New Year's, but um, when my boys were starting getting older and my, <clears throat> my oldest started middle school, one of my goals was to look him in the eyes every day. Huh? Oh, that's great. And it seems really great... basic, oh. but when they're 12 and, you know, yeah. don't really even want to be in the same space, mm -hmm. then it, it what requires... What a connection you feel. How beautiful. Right. And it doesn't matter what we're talking about, but can we look at each other in the eyes? Oh. That's beautiful, mm -hmm. Katie. Absolutely. You know, something that I've been doing recently um, is connecting with my heart and opening my heart. Mm -hmm. And there are... It's been kind of like what you're saying with 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 um, making eye contact with people intentionally. You know, I when I notice that I make a judgment about somebody, or think, oh, I I'm not gonna that that person, no, I'm not gonna go there, or, or some some kind of feeling like that or thought like that. I kind of take a deep breath, <laughs> just like I'm doing, and um, feel my heart open to them and recognize, okay, 
I don't know their whole story. They don't know me, but I don't want to be closed off to these people. And it is amazing. I, miracles have happened. It's just been absolutely fantastic. Like, like for instance, the guy in the, um, the manager at the Sherwin Williams, I've just, I drew judgments about him. I just got to say, I hate to admit it, but I did. I heard him say a few things. I'm like, Oh, I don't like that guy, you know? And, and I had was painting every room in my house during that year. So I saw him a lot. There was no conversation. There was no connection. And one day I just, I went in and I thought, you know what? No. I, why would I do that? Why would I close off to him like that? So I stood in line, waited my turn. And while I did that, I opened up my heart intentionally and I thought, let's just see where just without really any more intention than that, just open my heart and be open to whatever. We had a, he called me by name. He actually knew my name. We had a bit of conversation and I'm like, amazing, amazing with just an intention. So there didn't have to be a deadline. You know, there doesn't always have to be a big deadline or a big to do about it. Sometimes it's just saying, I really want to do this. This is important to me and I've been missing out. So I'm going to open up myself to this and bam, it's just that easy. Happens that fast. Annie, you brought up intentions, and I love the simplicity of that. And I'm curious how, you know, I've heard from, I have a friend who uses intentions every single day. She has this friend for like 10 years, every single day they've got on the phone and just spent like two minutes saying, hey, here's my intention for the day. Hey, here's my intention for the day. So I'm curious how you guys use intention setting in your life. Mm. I'm constantly thinking about my intentions and like constantly evaluating, okay, how am I showing up? Where am I at? How does this look? How does this feel? What can I be doing? You know, just, it's just a part of, it's a part of my every day all the time. I have become more, as I said, since I've been more intentional with my time and my energy, I have learned how important it is to really sit down and like for some of the longer term things, uh, like how I show up in the day that I do all day long. But in terms of um, creating things that I want to create, being a little bit more productive, having my home clean and organized and my finances and, um, and, and being able to commit more of my energy into the things like that propel me forward and to propel my business and my um, helping forward, that has taken organization and lots of discipline to really kind of take a look on regular intervals. Okay, where am I at? Where are these big goals? Where, how does it serve me to address this this week and this month? And that's that's been a really big piece of my productivity. As far as I've used intentions has been, at least recently, 
just thinking about it, I've tried to be mindful of how I am talking to myself. So, you know, when I get up in the morning, okay, Joe, we're going to treat ourselves well today. We're not going to uh, beat ourselves up for how yesterday uh, went or that phone call or whatever it was. Just being more mindful of how important it is how we we talk to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's been my major thing on just a daily basis, intention setting, how I'm going to treat myself. And I like the idea of intention um, much better than goal. Because to me, goal has like eight steps in, in a specific measured time between steps. And um, I like, I do like goal better than resolution, which sounds like it's very resolute, yep. right? And like you said, right. Stuart, it's meant to be broken. Mm-hmm. But the idea of intention seems mm-hmm. like it's, um, it's like, I'm intending for this. I'm sort of sending it to the universe and I'm co-creating this thing that I hope for. So it's not on me. It, it, other people are involved, but mm-hmm. this is where I'd like it to go. Yeah. And um, I'm getting better at setting intentions, not so much all throughout the day, but, you know, for a special trip or a weekend or we have these three hours together. What What are our intentions as a couple or a family? And then recently, this within the last six months, um, I started sent, setting intentions with the full moon and the new moon. Mm. So every two weeks, you know, as, as the moon's full, those intentions are about um, what do I want to release with the moon? What habits or or thoughts that don't serve or um, patterns, you know, am I going to intend to let go of? And then with the new moon, what am I going to cultivate and grow in my practices and my thoughts and my behaviors? And then I have this marker that's in the sky every single 5.30 a.m. swim drive. And then at night again, too. That's been helpful and very playful. It feels very playful and connecting to Earth. I like that concept of the the marker that, that you talked about, having something that's going to be there every day that you're going to interact with every day, help keeping you mindful and maybe accountable uh, to your intentions and your, your goals. And it seems a little magical, like... Like I'm sort of working with the moon. I don't know exactly what she's doing, but she's shining down. Yeah.
So something else I noticed as I was kind of pondering these questions is how important it is to be 100% committed. So um, when I was looking at what kind of thinking back, what kind of stories do I have to tell? Um, I had made a decision back in, I don't know, 20 some years ago anyway. Um, I was 26 years old and I was... I was not in shape, but I'm not a gym person. I only like to be outside. So I thought, okay, I want to do something kind of big to get myself motivated. I think I'll run a marathon. Well, I wasn't really a runner <laughs> and it was in four months. <laughs> so I decided I was going to do this. And I was already committed, but my boss, when I told him about this, he said, oh, you, you'll never be able to do that. I went, oh, okay. Guess what I'm going to do? <laughs> it was just like all that I needed to make it my, my resolution so solid to do this. So. But it was been a kind of a teacher for me to watch that process because what happened was when my alarm went off, there was no thinking about, am I too tired? How do I feel today? Am I going to do this or not? Didn't even happen. No conversation in my head. My feet hit the floor. My clothes were already set out the night before I put them on. I went out the door. That's it. And how great was that? I ran a marathon in four months. It was amazing. And so I noticed that that's, that's something I want to be more mindful of is making 100% commitments to things and not even allowing that. Because I also noticed that um, when I had decided to meditate on a daily basis, when I just decided when my alarm goes off, I'm, I'm going to get up. I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just going to get up. It works. And then I get to experience that success and it feels great. And I feel like, yeah, I, I did what I meant to do rather than what I've been doing recently is, oh my gosh, I was up late. I'm too tired. I just can't do it. I'm going to set my second alarm that goes off 20 minutes later. <laughs> so I turn one off, you know, it goes like that. And all of a sudden it's time to get up and the kids are up. I'm like, okay, crap, you know, and then I don't feel good. Then there's that shame that gets involved. And so sure. it's much easier. I, I read this recently and it kind of stuck with me. It's easier to set a, a 100% commitment to make a 100% commitment than it is to make less than that because you're going to make it. And so let's be realistic about what you really want because if you're if you're giving up your commitment on January 12th then you made it on January 1st, clearly it's something that wasn't either wasn't that important or maybe there is something in your way. But anyway, I think that's really important. And the other thing that um, that I just wanted to mention about all of these things is, you know, as a hypnotherapist, I get to see a lot of what's going on under the surface for people and what gets in their way that they might not be consciously aware of. And so I just want to put that out there that sometimes there is that. So the shame is not necessary, but asking questions is. So what is it that's in my way where, you know, sometimes it's just discipline because that's hard because that's something that's been hard for me. Um, I realized how important that is because without it, wow. Um, but there are things that you can learn about yourself that you uncover and voila, just building that awareness, seeing those things, it makes them disappear. You make peace with them. So they're no longer, they're no longer holding you back and, and limiting you. So there's also that. So I think that helps kind of like knowing what your astrological sign is and how the stars kind of, um, I don't know, dictates maybe a strong word, but who we are and why we have per certain personality traits and certain strengths and weaknesses. And we don't need to shame ourselves for being that way. You know, that's something that we do a lot in our culture and we're meant to be exactly how we are, exactly how we show up. So if we can really accept that and kind of go with that, okay, what do I want to do today that makes sense? What's realistic and how can I commit 100% to whatever that is? One of the things that we were talking about recently in a group of mine was the concept of being 
well, resolute in a, in a goal, but uh, being able to, uh, to pivot. And uh, when you don't, maybe one of the reasons that people lose their goals by January 12th is that they've experienced failure with that goal and say, ah, uh, yeah, I, I just can't do it. I'm, I'm not even going to try anymore. And maybe it's that we need to revise that goal a little bit. Maybe it, it wasn't quite realistic enough and, you know, some new information that they weren't considering or whatever has uh, prevented them from, uh, you know, wh whatever it is that's preventing them from, from getting there, they just need to set a, a, a new goal. And I find that true for myself. Like we were talking about the uh, goal, I, I want to have one date a month with my wife. Well, sorry, but that wasn't realistic uh, at the beginning of 2019 uh, because we had a very, very new child in the house and getting away for even an evening sometimes just wasn't uh, possible for the first few months. And we could have e easily given up that uh, goal right there, but decided, okay, it's probably more realistic that we start achieving that goal in June or, you know, whatever uh, it, it is. And maybe now isn't uh, quite the time. You know, you tapped into a little bit of that as far as how do people maintain their focus on, on the goal? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. well, I like what Annie said, because for those of us like myself who have trouble making decisions, like, is it a good day for me to run? Or, <laughs> you know, if I know that I'm doing it every day, then I I'm just laughing because I can relate. <laughs> then that takes that whole process out. Yeah. If you do what? If you if you are committed and you know you're doing it every oh, day, no matter yes. what, then you don't have to have that mental battle, right. which is so right. exhausting. Just go do it. Maybe go a little slower that day, yeah. but do it. Or walk. And maybe that speaks a little bit to what you were passing, which is the difference between an intention, a goal, and a resolution, and maybe what that means. And I, I would suggest intention allows for a little more flexibility. And so, Joe, for example, if your yeah. intention is to spend more quality time as a husband and wife partnership, then in some ways it doesn't matter if that's happening out on a date night or whatever it is, you can flex that intention. Absolutely. So 45% of Americans say they make New Year resolutions, and 8% of them are successful. Mm, it's too bad. looking forward to? I don't know if it's because of this new decade or if it's just the intentions that I've set for this year to be so, because I, I hired a business coach when I found myself kind of spinning my wheels with all these big ideas. I, it's 
so I'm, I'm going to do them all. I promise you I am. <laughs> but I was having a hard time harnessing energy, like I said. So anyway, I've been really resolute. I don't usually use that word. <laughs> but after today, um, I've been really, it's been really important to me to make these changes and to be serious about them. And um, I guess what I'm saying is the end of this year seems to have brought to me a lot of things to look on. Like I mentioned guilt earlier. That's one of the big things that's come up for me. And like in a big, powerful way, how much I waste time feeling guilty. And so there are other little silos of information and like categories that have come up for me like that, that are like, oh, okay. And I kind of feel like as I'm in this process of kind of cleaning out the clutter in my house, it feels like that's what's happening within me too, is that all of these um, areas are coming up to be cleaned out because it's time for a whole new beginning. And so I feel like some of that is just because of my intentions and then the universe sets in play the things that need to be, um, that I need to see that the people, the players that need to be involved and, you know, all of those parts and pieces. So, um, so what am I looking forward to? Oh my gosh, so much. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. I, I don't even know what it could be because it's going to be amazing. All new things. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as I look back specifically at 2019, I'm looking back at a lot of intentions that were set um, even before 2019. Um, this conversation that I knew was coming today had me looking back at some old journals and things. And even in 2015, I see these ideas that I put into motion that really have come to fruition, not in 2015, but they are like they are alive and vibrant and running on their own in 2019. And so it almost seems like it's time for um, to take that energy that was spent creating the atmosphere I wanted at home and the, the, the trajectory I wanted my life to go. Now it's time, kind of like you're talking, Annie, about getting serious, like maybe even in some masculine measures about what does this look like? Maybe it's time to get from intention over toward goal and discipline and... Um, repurposing energy. Yeah. Yeah. Organization and discipline has been like my, one of my lifesavers because I had a lot of intention, but I had to pull, I had to harness that energy with discipline mm -hmm. and I'm doing more and more of that kind of instituting systems in my life and tweaking them to where I can actually keep up with them because sometimes they can be too complicated. Like I can't, I can't do that, but what can I do? How can I make, you know, if this is my goal. How can I make that, make that work? So I've got all kinds of systems that I didn't used to have at all and I can use them. And there are things that like, they're my, they're my core. So if I leave them, I feel myself getting more stressed. And then I remember, okay, let's come back to these foundational things that help me to feel solid and, and calm. Because I'm thinking big picture wise, Mandy and I were talking before about, you know, looking back 10 years ago, didn't even think that, uh, you know, there wasn't a thought in, in our minds that we'd be an entrepreneur of any kind. And not saying that that needs to be the goal for, uh, for anyone out there necessarily, but uh, just looking back at the personal growth, uh, you know, 10 years ago, would Joe have done uh, something like this, uh, this chat that we've had here today? Maybe not. Uh, and so I'm just excited about, you know, after looking back on everything they've achieved in personal growth and development this year, looking at what's possible going forward, there's uh, one of the things that I like to spend time on is reading and uh, and constantly learning. And 
there's a gentleman by the name of Brad Sugars who was talking earlier this year about the person that I am today can't achieve this goal, but the person that I'm becoming is going to knock it out of the park. I think that that is so very true. Just looking back at my own life, uh, the things that I'm doing today, 10 years ago, Joe definitely wouldn't have been able to achieve them, but Joe today is uh, is knocking out of the park, and so uh, you know who knows what's uh, what's possible. But I think for me, it's continuing to have that growth mindset. Yeah. Um, looking back, looking forward, I love to do the the longer term looking back because then it's when it gets really crazy. Like six years ago, I couldn't run a few blocks, and this year I ran twenty one miles at a time. Like. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm reversed. Six years ago, I could run six miles. I'm so proud I made it a mile today. <laughs> That's okay, too. <laughs> yes, pride is, you know, it's all relative. Um, yeah, actually, 10 years ago, boy, I also hadn't worked with the best therapist I've ever worked with. I was kind of an asshole. I'm still an asshole sometimes. We're all assholes, I believe. <laughs> and we're all wonderful people. I was more often an asshole 10 years ago. And I'm looking forward to a lot. Um, I think I'm especially looking forward to, kind of like you were talking about, Joe, every year has been so much more exciting than the last year. I've been able to do so much more that it's exciting for me to play around with that, with those limits of like, okay, if I just keep shedding this doubt and these questions, what is possible? And take whatever I think is possible and 10 exit because what's the worst that can happen? You know, so I'm excited about just kind of letting loose and experimenting and probably falling on my face. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Stuart, what about you? What are you excited about? Uh, the truth is, I actually don't know. That's part of why I've enjoyed this conversation, which will air in the new year, on the new year. But I haven't yet, as we record this, gone through a process of really reflecting about that. I am aware, having briefly looked at some of the intentions I was thinking about this time last year, rather surprisingly in the last couple of weeks, to realize that I actually did some of them. That also then tells me I wasn't even paying attention as I went, Mm. because this was a surprise to me. (laughs) Uh, So that itself has just made me think about, well, what am I doing? Like, what, what, what am I doing with these intentions? Mm-hmm. So the answer is, I actually don't know, but I am excited to be excited, if that's <laughs> a little meta, maybe. <laughs> but I'm excited to go through the process and yeah. think about it. So that's, that's, this is, for me, it's a good time of year because it fits my calendar. I think that does bring up a good point, though, noticing. That's something that I do in my in my work, too, is ask people to notice, to pay attention, because sometimes it's so subtle, we don't, we don't notice it, but the more you notice it and you put your att- your awareness there, it makes it happen again. It brings more of that thing, just like the law of attraction. Yeah. And another word that I'm hearing under the surface of that is gratitude. Like how powerful it yes, is yes. to stop every day and be grateful for all of the things that you did do, how you did show up, yep. who came into your life. That's the perfect segue for me to express my gratitude. I've been in conversation with special guests 
Katie Twig, Joe Finelli, Annie Thompson, and Pam Haggy, and my co-host, Mandy Kubicek. Thank you all so much for taking part in the show. Thanks for having us. Thank so you. happy to be here. Thank you. I said, I don't need no sophistication. What I need me is a vacation for myself. This is much harder than I thought it was to You're a master. <laughs> I don't know what to ask me. <laughs> We're going to cut that part out. <clears throat> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's gone. Totally. That's the end of this week's show. Lives is an executive production of Squish Talks. I'm your host, Stuart Chittenden. Join me next week for more community, conversation, and the people that bring community to life.